this world was being watched closely by intelligences greater than man's. Unsympathetic intellects slowly and surely drew their plans against us. It is Foreign Invader with Conrado Falco III. Hello, welcome to Foreign Invader. I am Conrado Falco the third and this episode is actually not a regular episode of foreign invader it is the listener mail episode which means i'm gonna be answering i guess some of your questions now there are two reasons why i made this show to begin with i'm talking about the podcast as a whole not this episode the first one is to get to talk with people that i like and admire about stuff that i like or that they like um, so that's everyone who's been a guest on the show so far and everyone who will be a guest on the show in the future. The second one is to connect with people out there who listen to the show and see, you know, if they have any thoughts about all this stuff that interests me or interests the guests. Um, so this is all a preamble to say that I have not actually gotten any, you know, technically literal listener mail like nobody's sat down and written an email and sent it to me which is partially my fault because i didn't like give out an email to message me to or anything like that in any of the episodes that have been released so far but um you can find me and reach me you can find me on twitter at coco hits ny and you can message me there. You can send me a DM, as the kids say. I'm also on Instagram at GoGoHitsNY. And you can also DM me there. And actually, this is actually pretty cool. If you go to the Foreign Invader website on Anchor, to anchor.fm slash Conrado dash Falco dash one. Okay, scratch that. Anchor.fm slash Conrado dash Falco dash I, 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 so, you know, the third, you can go on the website. I'm going to link this in the description in case you didn't get that. Um, and you and you will see all the episodes of the show, but also towards the top, you will see, it'll say Sporn Invader, and then it'll say Listen on Spotify, and next to it, there's a little button that says Message, which means that you can actually record your own voice message and then I'm pretty sure that I can play it on the show. So if you want to leave a voice message with, you know, whatever you have to comment on about the show, I would love that. And I would love for you to message me about anything that you're thinking about. So that being said, what I'm doing today, I have been getting some messages. They're not explicitly listener mail. They were not sent to me explicitly to be read aloud on the podcast and answer them on the podcast but I'm gonna do it anyway because I thought there were interesting comments and interesting questions that to talk about as follow-ups to the episodes that have been released so far so um, what I'm gonna do is that I am going to um, I'm not going to read them explicitly because these people you know I haven't ask them if I can read these messages on the air and so I'm gonna keep their identities um, anonymous I'm gonna give actually I have given them little names like they do on advice columns because I thought that was kind of cute and I'm gonna tell you what they told me and then I'm gonna you know um, 
say a bit of what I responded to them and then maybe go on a few tangents and it's gonna be interesting I hope and fun and I hope you enjoy it and if you like this kind of thing where I answer things that people send me then you can become one of those people if you aren't already and feel free to whenever you have a thought about the podcast while you're listening when you are you know making dinner or doing cleaning your apartment or whatever just uh, send a quick message send a voice message as you like All right, so let's start reading. The first message comes from the Jolly Green Giant. And the giant asks about, after listening to the first episode of the show about Lord of the Rings with A.V. Seidel. Thanks, A.V., for being on the podcast, by the way. Um, He asks about the extended cuts of Lord of the Rings. Um, He says, if I prefer to watch the extended cuts or the uh, theatrical cuts, and also if I have seen the Frodo cut of either the Lord of the Rings or the Bilbo cut of The Hobbit. So it's a two-part question. The first is that this time around, when I did my rewatch over the holidays, I watched the theatrical versions of Lord of the Rings. And in general, I think I prefer the theatrical versions. Um, The extended versions I used to love, especially back when I was super into it when I was a kid, because they are much longer and they have much more details and story and the idea of which um, to watch the theatrical or the extended is kind of controversial amongst Lord of the Rings fans I have to say almost every conversation I've had about it there seems to be a lot of um, you know discourse and and fights sometimes about which ones are better in my opinion, the only movie that is absolutely better without question with the extended cut, it's The Fellowship of the Ring, the first of the Lord of the Rings movies. It makes it a little longer, but it does bring a lot of really cool stuff to it. Um, there is the prologue intro about the hobbits that is very well done, and, and it gets you in that mood. About It also sets up the framing device of writing a book, which if you watch the theatrical versions it kind of just comes out of nowhere at the end of Return of the King that Bilbo and Frodo have been writing this book whereas in the extended version of Fellowship right at the beginning they established that and it makes it a really nice package you also get that extra Galadriel scene where uh, she gives the gifts to everyone which is I think important plot information and I think in general the Fellowship of the Ring just has a better flow when it has those extra scenes and it feels a little bit um I mean who am I to say? I know there's a bunch of people out there who already think that all the Lord of the Rings movies are boring. So those people, I don't think these answers are for them. Um, but if you're a fan, I think the longer version definitely has a better pace to it in the first movie. The second movie is the trickiest one because the extended version has much more information about Boromir and Faramir. So the biggest claim that the extended version of Two Towers is better than the theatrical version is that by the time you get to Return of the King, there's this whole dramatic relationship between Denethor and Faramir that comes kind of out of nowhere and it's hard to care about. And I agree with that. So the in the Two Towers, we get a flashback when Frodo meets Faramir to Faramir's relationship to his brother Boromir and how both of them related to their father, Denethor, and how that plays out and you know it's and how there was this rivalry that Denethor preferred Boromir but now Boromir is dead and that kind of thing so in Return of the Ring the King 
oh, that pays off. And yes, I agree that that is the biggest reason why the extended version of The Two Towers is valuable. That being said, I think the movie kind of drags when that is put in and with all the other information that is all, all the other extra scenes that are in the movie. So I think that one's a toss up, but I do prefer the uh, theatrical cut. And then for Return of the Kink, no question, theatrical cut is much better. The extended cut is like four hours long. I don't think it needs all of this stuff that is added to it. It's already long enough as it is. And, and the things that you get extra from, I can't think of anything that it really brings anything particularly exciting or interesting or thematically relevant to the movie. So I would say stick to the theatrical. So I would say... Fellowship of the Ring, to sum up, Fellowship of the Ring, definitely extended. Two Towers, your pick. Return of the King, definitely the theatrical cut. Now, the second part of the question was, have I seen the Frodo or Bilbo cuts of Lord of the Rings or The Hobbit? And the answer is that I haven't, although I'm kind of interested. Now, I have a friend, I'm not going to say who it is, who has access to the Bilbo cut of The Hobbit, and I'm pretty sure... This person can also get access to the Frodo cut of The Lord of the Rings. And what these are is uh, re-editing of the movies in which the whole trilogy has been edited down to a version of the movie that is just about Frodo and not all the other characters. So it's much shorter and it's just one movie that tells the whole story of the trilogy from beginning to end, strictly from Frodo's perspective. And they did the same thing with The Hobbit and Bilbo. And I think the one with The Hobbit is probably the one that I would be most interested in watching because I didn't like The Hobbit movies. I think they're pretty terrible. I actually never saw the third one. I watched the first one and almost fell asleep. I watched the second one and have no memory of it except that I know that they are... You know, The Hobbit is a book that is like, I don't know, 30 pages long or something. It's a longer than that, but you know, it's pretty short and they made three two and a half, three hour movies where they added a bunch of stuff that didn't have anything to do with the original story, which I don't always hate, but in this case was absolutely boring. And uh, so I have no interest really in rewatching those movies, but maybe if it is shorter and it's told from Bilbo's perspective, it could be worth it. I don't know. To be honest, I think that Peter Jackson's kind of lost it after The Lord of the Rings and... Um, that's Peter Jackson, the director of those movies. And he just, I think just at some point you get that kind of success in Hollywood and you just can't go back. You know, you can't go back to doing what you did best or something smaller, something fun, something that doesn't have to be the biggest movie of all time. A movie that does not have to save and keep afloat the whole New Zealand movie industry, which is basically what The Hobbit was. Um, yeah. So I think his heart wasn't in it. He was doing it to keep New Zealand afloat. So what happened is that they set up the movies. Guillermo del Toro was going to direct, but then something happened and he didn't want to do it or there was a conflict of interest and Guillermo dropped out. Peter Jackson was the producer and they were going to shoot everything in New Zealand, of course, because that's where they did Lord of the Rings and that's where Peter Jackson has a vested interest in. And so they were left without a movie to be made because Guillermo, the director, had stepped out and Peter Jackson had to step in because 
all of New Zealand, the economy was counting on these movies being made. So if the movies didn't get made, then the country was basically going to be in absolute crisis or something. At least the film industry was going to be. So Peter Jackson had stepped in and made the movies. I don't think he really wanted to make those movies. And I think he hasn't really made a, a you know, feature-length movie ever since. He has made a couple of documentaries. So, yeah, I don't know. I'm, to be honest, I'm not really interested in The Hobbit that much. So... I will watch the Hobbit version if, like, you know, some friends want to come together and have a fun time back when that's a possibility again. Maybe I'll do it, but um, I'm not in a rush to get to that. Our next question slash comment comes from Bumbalarina, and uh, Bumbalarina was listening to the One Piece episode, and they asked me if what were my favorite anime if I wanted to to say what my favorites were or kind of recommend them and to be honest I'm not an anime expert so in fact I think that you listening would be have a bigger chance of recommending anime to me than me recommending anime to you so if you have any favorites let me know um it's easier if they're movies because then I can watch them you know, when we did one the One Piece episode with Kamal, I only watched a couple episodes in preparation because I just couldn't watch a thousand episode long series for the podcast. Um, but I do want to do more anime on the podcast because it's one of my blind spots, especially um, TV anime, which is a problem because I don't know how much I can really watch in preparation for the show. And I love that a lot of anime really is one big long story that you really only get the full picture once you've once you've seen the whole thing so that's gonna be tricky but you know if you there anyone any series out there that you particularly love that you want to come talk about on the podcast why don't you send me a message maybe a voice message maybe we can work it out see if there's a way that i can streamline how many however many episodes the series is and figure out a way to do it now, if you want to talk about an anime movie, that's easier. You know, next episode, which is coming out later this week, is Rachel Wagner is going to be on the podcast. She's my co-host from The Criterion Project, and we're going to be talking about the movie Your Name, which is a, you know, Japanese animation movie from 2016. It's a great movie. I recommend that if you haven't seen it. Um, yeah, and we had a great conversation, so we can do something like that. It's just one movie, so that's easy for me to watch catch up on and talk about um so yeah my anime is i know studio ghibli you know miyazaki and isao takahata i like their movies a lot um and you know i talked in the episode about dragon ball z i watched that i watched sailor moon and pokemon as a kid i watched digimon i am one of those people who used to say that Digimon was so much better than Pokemon. And you know what? In terms of the TV show, it certainly was. Pokemon has a bigger influence on the world, you know, pop culture-wise. But the TV show was pretty bad. It was pretty repetitive. And Digimon was, you know, it had kind of a story. I haven't seen it since, but I'm pretty sure that I would enjoy watching an episode of that better than re-watching an episode of Pokemon. And there was certainly a lot of other stuff. When I was a kid, there was, you know, whatever anime was hot at the time I would be watching like Yu-Gi-Oh I watched that and um there was this show 
um, card captor Sakura. That was pretty great. I remember loving that. It was this girl who there was this kind of like tarot cards with like spirits or demons trapped in them or they had to be trapped. They were set free and then she had to trap them back in the card. It's kind of a Sailor Moon type of thing. Um, it was great. I love Sailor Moon as well. And I loved, okay, this show was called Cyber Marionette J. And it was this show about the future in which women, there were no women left, there were only men. And so the men had created these kind of androids who were the cyber marionettes who were female androids or they were made to be the women of the future. And I don't remember exactly what happened. It was a little bit racy. So I was like, you know, in my teenage years, I was about, you know, 11, 12 years old watching this show that played late at night and it was this anime about a bunch of robot women and they got into fights and there was like, you know, there was a lot of cleavage and whatever. So <laughs> it was um, definitely memorable. I don't know if it's any good. Actually, I'm interested to revisit and see what the deal was with that. I remember relatively little about it, except that I was really into it for a, for a while. Okay, that got a little bit maybe too personal, so let's move on to the next question. Um, this question comes from the Lonely God... Yeah, great. That's great. That's, that's how you can tell I'm a foreigner who does not speak this language. The Lonely Goat Herd. Goat Herd? The Lonely Goat Herd. From like the sound of music. I made these nicknames, by the way. So I am the one who like has totally set myself up for failure. Okay, whatever. This person asks, um, also from the One Piece episode, they ask actually about what we talked after the episode in the bonus section. Um, thoughts about this season of Drag Race and favorite seasons. So we had a bit of a conversation back and forth, this person and I already, but I get to say um, when we recorded the episode with Gamal that was a while ago and the seasons were just getting started, now we are reaching almost the end of Drag Race UK season two and we are reaching probably the midpoint, maybe we're past the midpoint of Drag Race US season 13. Um, they've been entertaining seasons, I think. Um, I don't know if either of them are going to be my favorite season of Drag Race of all time. Um, there are some queens that I like in both shows. You know, in UK, I am rooting for, I like Bimini Bamboolash. I think she's very funny. And I like Tace also. Um, you know. Those are my favorites. I I like Ahura's, uh as a as a reality TV show contestant as well, and she does some great drag. When she dressed up as a as a superhero, that she won that challenge, she looked incredible, and she's had some pretty incredible looks. I do love her in confessionals and the way she's kind of like a petty, mean girl about so many things. Um, I re I do really enjoy her. Um, but if it was up to me, the win would probably go to either Bimini or. Taste probably Bimini at this point because Taste, as much as I love her as a contestant, um, she's been rarely the standout of any um, of any of the um, challenges, so it's a tough luck there. But then we have season thirteen in the U.S. and in that, I who was even on this season now I can't even remember. Um, oh, Simone. Simone is great. I like Simone. I like Godmake. I like um, Olivia Lux. I like Utica a lot, actually. 
I think Yurika has incredible looks. And I have to be honest, for a lot of the time for me, it's about the um, fashion runway part of the show that colors my thoughts more than anything because it's something that it's easier to judge from your, you know, from your home, whether the look is great or not, whether the fashion is great or not. It's easier to tell than, you know, the challenges where they have to, like, be funny or act or do this and that, which in which the editing of the producing really can shape that to seem like one person did better than they did or worse than they did, depending on what the producers want it to be. So it's kind of hard, but the fashion, there's no question about it. So that's always what I latch on to. And I think Yurika has had incredible fashion this season. So I really like her. And also Simone, of course. Simone has incredible, probably the fashion moment of this season so far is when she did that um the category on the runway was trains and she did a do-rag that was like a like a train that was going you know like a bridal train all the way through and it was shiny and it was so long and it looked so great uh yeah i think that's probably my favorite moment fashion wise from this season followed by of course followed closely actually by Utica's um re working of a sleeping bag into an incredible coat dress, which I think looked amazing. So I think those two are probably my favorites, actually, now I think about it. Um, oh, they also asked about favorite seasons. I haven't seen that many seasons of Drag Race. If you want to ask about favorite seasons, you are better off asking Gamal or Sajda. They made me watch a couple of seasons that they thought were some of the best and I have to agree they were season five and all stars season two both incredible um those seasons have um some of the queens in the seasons are Jinx Monsoon, Alaska, um Detox which I love and Katya so Alisa Edwards and Coco Montrese no relation are both in those seasons um, Foxy Andrews, who's really funny, especially in season five, is also on there. Um, so yeah, th- those, th- both, I would say, those two are probably the best seasons that I've seen. And I guess Skamal and Sajid would agree, since those were the seasons that they said I should catch up with when I first got into Drag Race. So if you are trying to do something similarly, then I recommend to do those two. Um, watch season five first, and then see L-Stars two. Um... And you'll probably be hooked, is my guess. Okay, two more questions. The f- next one comes from West Coast Sally, who asks, what are your favorite Peruvian foods and um, and what are your favorite vegetarian Peruvian foods? Okay, so this is from probably after the Charlie XEX episode in the After Dark segment. Saj and I were talking about food and when we went to Peru and all the great food that we ate. The, by the way, the the ceviche that we were talking about was the ceviche crujiente or the crunchy ceviche at a spot restaurant that I can't remember the name of at San Bartolo, which is a kind of like a beach town. It's like a small beach town in the south of Lima. And we were there and when we had it and it was absolutely delicious. And if I ever go back, I will definitely try to have that again. This leads me into ceviche as a whole. That's probably like the most representative kind of Peruvian dish 
Um, Peruvians are obsessed with food in case that wasn't clear from before. It's really the one thing culturally that they're, we are the most proud of. And I think Peruvian food is delicious. It's one of the best in the world, in my opinion. I am biased, of course, because I am from there. But if you've never tried it, then you maybe should consider it um, because it's great. Now, the thing is that vegetarian food is harder to come by. Um, a lot of the dishes have a lot of meat in them. Um, ceviche is um, basically fish that's been marinated in lime juice and with other spices. And the, the lime juice kind of cooks it, but it's kind of semi-raw and it's very delicious. And so that's a cold dish, great to eat at the beach on a summer day. And some of the other standard dishes include like chicken stews and... Uh, uh, you know, sautéed beef, which is lomo saltado, and the, this, this curry, creamy curry chicken, which is called ají de gallina, which is delicious. Um, vegetarian stuff, hmm, let me think. Um, okay, so there's a couple of Peruvian sauces, and I know that you can get at least some of these around here in Queens in supermarkets, and... So depending on where you are in the U.S., if there's like a Latin section, maybe a place where there's a lot of Peruvians, Colombians, Ecuadorians, like in Queens, um, you might be able to find some of these sauces at the store, the Huancaina sauce and the ají sauce. And those are absolutely great to eat. Just in general, you can make it, you can, you know, add stuff to them to make them into tastier sauces, the ones that come in jars, but you can eat them as is a lot of the time. And uh, you can have them with chips or with potatoes and or, you know, corn. So that's an easy way to have something vegetarian. I might have to think about the other stuff and come back to you with more vegetarian options. Although I will say I have done an ají de gallina, which is creamy chicken curry type um a dish with rice and potatoes on the side and maybe even corn on the side if you like it why not um i have done that replacing the chicken with uh tofu and replacing the chicken with also with like um soy based chicken uh, replacement and it came out pretty great because the chicken is not really what brings the flavor to that dish what brings the flavor to the dish is the ahi sauce that i'm talking about which is a peruvian hot pepper yellow pepper and all the other spices that you bring to it. So, you know, you can easily replace, in that case, with chicken. And I think you would have... I mean, you can replace the chicken with fake chicken or tofu or seitan or whatever. And I think... I think it will taste pretty good. Now, our last question is also after the Charlie XEX episode. Someone called Pat the Expat asked me what my favorite pop albums of recent years are other than Charlie and also someone else asked about this playlist um, which I so in the episode we mentioned when we were talking about track 10 by Charlie XCX that our friend AB who was the guest on the first episode of the show thanks again AB for being a friend <laughs> yeah for being a friend <laughs> for being a guest on the show um he has this playlist on Spotify with, like, the last tracks of different albums all 
the best last tracks of albums. And at the when I first released the episode, I didn't link to it, but then AB wrote to me saying, hey, you should link to the playlist. Why not? So I have linked to it on the episode, and I'm going to link it again to this episode if you want to listen to the playlist, or I think you are able to add songs to the playlist if you want to. Um, AB, please tell me if that's not the case. But... You know, when Abe sent it to me, said he said, here's the playlist, you should link to it and also add whatever you want. I haven't added anything because, um, peek behind the curtain, I don't really use Spotify for music. I use uh, another different service. I use Tidal because um, Sajda is into Tidal. And so we don't use Spotify that often. So I haven't added things to the playlist, even though I do have thoughts about things to add. For starters, Purple Rain by Prince from Purple Rain. Why is that not on there? That's like the best last track of ever any album ever. Um, okay, but whatever. Um, okay, so I'm going to link to that if you want to check that out. As far as um, favorite pop, pop albums of recent years that I've liked, other than the Charlie XCX albums. So the Charlie XCX albums, first of all, are great. So listen to those. And then for the other stuff, let me think. Um, well, I'm a big Carly Rae Jepsen fan. Although, if I have to be honest, I think that her uh, album that she did since Emotion, which at this point has come out a while ago, it's from like 2015, I think, um, has not been as exciting. I think Charlie has done, for example, a better job of doing, you know... Um, new stuff with everything that she has released which at which each new album she like goes into a little bit of a different direction or goes deeper into what she was already doing um i like uh i'm looking at the albums that i have on my uh phone right now so let's see i love the fiona apple album of last year i don't know if you would say that's a pop album i think it is kind of in general fetch the bolt cutters that was great I love the Vampire Weekend album, Father of the Bride. That's probably one of my favorite albums of recent years. It might not be cool to say that, that you love Vampire Weekend, um, you know, nowadays. But I really love that album. It's it's really it's really beautiful. And um, the Janelle Monet Dirty Computer was great. Um, Lord's Melodrama is incredible. Although that's both of those are kind of old at this point. They're from like a couple years ago. And Lord, why hasn't she made a new album? That's what I want to see. And I'll, I'll tell you what I don't love are the new Taylor Swift albums, Folklore and Evermore. <sighs> what a snooze fest! Call me, you know, you can put that on if you want to go to bed, maybe. Um, so yeah, not not for me. But um, I do love these other albums and Casey Musgraves. Is great, but she also hasn't done an album since 2018. Um, okay, so this I'm gonna reinterpret this question into who do I want to see make new albums? Lord, Casey Musgraves, and Janelle Monet. Um, love your previous albums, they're all masterpieces. How come you haven't made another one? And I think that's gonna be the end of this listener mail episode. I hope you enjoyed that. I hope I answered your questions. And I hope that you message me with further questions and comments so that I can talk about them here. And maybe this time you can tell me whether or not you want to be kept anonymous like this people, or you want your name to be set, or maybe you wanna be kept anonymous and you want me to give you a fun nickname. Um, 
you know, maybe it'll say something about our relationship or how I see you in my life. Um, you know, why did I name the person who asked me about the Lord of the Rings the Jolly Green Giant? We will never know. That stays between me and that person. And that's what makes it beautiful in the words of the great One Direction. So, yeah, message me on Twitter at CocoHitsNY. Message me, go on Anchor and leave us a voicemail. And this Thursday, new episode with Rachel Wagner about your name. Don't miss it. You don't know you're